Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see y'all. I'm glad y'all came to church today, especially if you're our first-time guest. We're really excited that you're here at Renew Life. And so, uh, church, can we give them a big hand clap this morning for being here? Welcome, welcome. I'm Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I'll be teaching you today. And I heard a story this week uh, that I just knew when I heard it I had to share with you. And so I want to read it to you this morning. A man, his wife, and his mother-in-law went on vacation to the Holy Land. While they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. An undertaker told them, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for $150. The man thought about it and told him he would just have her shipped home. The undertaker asked, why? Why would you spend $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home when it would be wonderful to have her buried here and only spend $150? The man said, a man died 2,000 years ago. He was buried here, and three days later, he rose from the dead. (laughs) And I just can't take that chance. That is the best Christian joke I've ever heard. They're usually horrible and corny, but if your mother-in-law is sitting next to you, just turn to her and say, I don't feel that way about you. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I I think that there's something to say about coming to church and having fun and uh, and coming to church and being happy, being joyful. I got reminded of that as my son walked into church today. And he's, he's a mover and a shaker. He's all over the place. He's two. And you, if you were here last week, you saw a video of him. But he literally just came into the foyer and was just, he didn't, he jumped just all the way around. And it looked exactly as dumb as that right there. And, and he was just jumping all around. And I just got to thinking, like, he, he was so happy to be here. And I was just like, man, forget how good church is. Forget how good and how thankful we should be. And, and uh, that, that church and coming here on Sunday morning, it's not an obligation and it is not a duty. It's something that we get to do, amen? If you're excited to be in church today, can you give God one more hand clap this morning? Come on. It's good. Amen. Well, today I want to I talk to you around the subject of your thought life. I want to talk to you about the way that you think, the way that you reason, the perspective that you live with and that you have. You know, last week we, we sort of went down this road of, uh, and we called it the principle of letting go. I don't know if you remember the story. Jesus, he's with his disciples, and he goes to tell them all the bad things that are about to happen, that he's about to head to the cross. And if you remember in the story, Peter's there, and, and he pulls Jesus aside, and he's like, Jesus, There's no way that'll ever happen to you. There's just no way. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus goes on to teach something that's actually recorded in all four Gospels and twice in Matthew. In other words, Jesus teaches something that was so important that it got recorded multiple times in Scripture so that me and you could hear it today. And this is what Jesus said in that story and after that instance. He said, 
If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. See, this is the principle of letting go. And the principle of letting go says this. You first must let go of in order to hold on to. See, you have to let go of your life first before you can ever grab hold of the life that God has for you. You got to let go. Now, what's interesting about this, what we learned last week, but what's interesting about this story is what actually prompted Jesus to teach this message. What made Jesus say, you gotta, if, you, if you don't lose your life, or if you lose your life, you'll save it. Don't hang on to it. If you try to hang on to it, you'll lose it. Why did he say that? Well, what's interesting is what prompted him to say that was Peter's wrong thinking. Peter was thinking the wrong way. He wasn't seeing things from God's perspective. Which brings me to this conclusion. When Jesus asked us to lose our life for him, maybe one of the first places we have to do that is right here. That when he calls us to lose our life for his sake, the first place we actually have to lose our life is in our thought life. Our thought life. So today we're going to talk around Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 1 through 3. Paul begins to pick up this same subject, this same idea. And he's actually talking to a church. and He's talking to us as new believers, as people who have given up their life for Jesus, who said, I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to follow after him. This is what he tells us to do. Very interesting. Colossians 3 verse 1. He says, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Look at verse 2. Think. Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So today I want to title our message, Entertaining Heaven. Entertaining Heaven. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. <clears throat> we thank you for this moment that you brought us here. We're, none of us are here by accident, but God, you want to speak to us. And so today, we just open up ourselves to all that you have for us today. We lay aside our cares and our worries, and we focus on you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to be here, and I ask you to lead and to guide us into every truth you have for us today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen ask you a question today. Have you ever gone someplace in your mind that you know you shouldn't have gone to? Anybody? Anybody want to admit? Okay, I got some guys that are doing one of these. Yeah, I see you up there. Hey, this is something that we all do. We all go places in our minds that we, we should not go. We're notorious for getting in the shower, and we start to think one thought, and then it goes to another thought, and, and another thought, and we're, we're, we're chasing rabbit trails. And before you know it, we don't remember if we washed our body or not. Anybody else do this? Like, did I? I don't know. I'm just going to do it again just in case, you know. I got, I mean, you just go places, right? We get lost in our thoughts. Maybe an, an example that we can all relate to is in the area of fear, anxiety, and worry. 
You know, we've all been in a situation where maybe we were waiting at home for our spouse or, or a friend or our kid to get home or to get to this place, and they were supposed to be there at a certain time. They didn't show up. Five minutes go by. Ten minutes go by. What starts to happen? We start to wonder what happened to them. We start to think where they were coming from, and we begin to think, if we're really honest, we begin to think the worst. And what happens? We begin to worry. We begin to get filled with anxiety. And then we all do the same thing. We reach for our phone, and we call to check on them. Or we send out a text to see if they're all right. I give you that example this morning because I want you to just to see where did all of that start? All of it started right here in your mind. Your thought led to an emotion that actually led to an action. You see, your thoughts are powerful. Your thoughts lead you to do the things that you do. You know, I found that there was this social experiment that was done by a university, and they called it the free throw experience. They took three groups of people, and um, they took the first group, and they took them out, and they, they were to practice shooting free throws for 20 minutes a day for an extended period of time. So every day they went out, practiced for 20 minutes. That was the first group. The second group, all they did was visualize shooting the free throws. So they, they sat around for 20 minutes a day, the exact same amount of time, and they just thought in their head about making free throws, shooting, making free throws. They had a third group that didn't do either. The results come back. Third group, you can guess what happened. They didn't get better. They didn't improve because they didn't do anything. They didn't think about it. The first group who practiced 20 minutes a day, they actually improved by 24%. You look at me like, okay, that's, that's reasonable. You practice, you get better. Guess what the second group did? They increased by almost the same. They increased by 23%. The same group, that they didn't do anything. They sat there and just visualized making baskets, and they increased their performance. So that gives you all the reason just to sit on your butt today and do whatever you want, right? Just think about it. You know, guys, if you ever get caught vegging out when you should be helping around the house and your wife catches you, you know what you say? I'm sorry, I was just visualizing being a better husband. <laughs> You're welcome. You're dismissed, guys. Y'all can leave. The rest of this message is for the women. But the implication here is that when you think right, you act right. Are you hearing me? You see, when you think right, you will act right. When you believe right, and you think right, you will have the right emotions, and those right emotions will lead you to actually begin to act the right way, to begin to approach your situations the right way, to begin to think the right way is to act the right way. This is not only proven in the world, this is actually from Scripture. Paul tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of our, our mind. We renew our mind. We renew our thoughts. You see, the world is just catching up to a truth that was set by God. Where he said, hey, your thoughts actually matter. Your thoughts matter. Some of you have been wondering why you act the way you act. Why you do the things you do. Why you still do the things you don't want to do. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me so clearly this week, and I believe it's for you. He said it this way. You act the way you act because you think the way you think. 
You act the way you act because you think the way that you think. See, this is what Paul was talking to us in Colossians 3 about. Notice that he said, since you, are, since you have this new life in Christ, since you're the person who decided to follow Jesus, since you're the person who heard my message and said, I got to let go of my life and follow after him, you, he said, if that's you, you actually have to set your sights on the realities of heaven. You got to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That your mindset in your, in your, in your, the majority of your thinking should actually be put into heaven. That you're thinking heavenly thoughts. That you're thinking from a heavenly perspective. What is real in heaven should be filling your mind. Now you might be wondering, what in the world does that mean? What is a reality of heaven? How am I just supposed to think about heavenly things? Because quite frankly, I've met some of those people who just think about heavenly things and they're a little weird and I don't want to be like them. They sort of live their life in the clouds. That's not really what Paul is saying. He's saying, you know, it's not so much about what you think, but how you think about it. Are you looking at things and are you thinking about things from a heavenly perspective? from a reality that is in heaven. Can I tell you today, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. So much so that you, just, you get to walk on gold. He has so much that he just decided, well, I'll just pave the streets with gold. There's no lack. There's nothing missing in heaven. There's nothing broken in heaven. There's no sadness. There's no depression. There's no worry or anxiety. But there's wholeness there. There's peace there. Oh, and probably best of all, God is there. His presence. You see, we have to set our mind to this place. Put our mind there. What else does it mean to actually set our sights on the realities of heaven? It means you can have whatever is in this book. It means to start thinking about every single promise that you find in here. You say, I don't know any promises in there. Well, you better get to know it then. Because Paul says to set your sights there. So I got, I got, to, I got to find out what God says about me. I got to find out what God says about my situation. I don't get, can I just be real with you today? Can I get a little preachy? I don't get to think what I want to think. You don't get to think what you want to think. Paul says, no, you think about heavenly things. And then he finishes and says, not the things of this earth. And I think there's a reason that, that we read this. It may not be as stern, but I, I want you to know today, God cares about the way that you think. And he cares so much about the way that you think because he knows that if you think a certain way, you're going to start acting a certain way. He knows what it leads to. We got to start entertaining heavenly thoughts. Thinking the way. In other words, what I can have anything he says I can have. Any way he says I can live, I can live that way. Any person he says I can be, I can be that. When he says that I'm righteous, when he says that I'm pure, when he says that I am forgiven, how dare I think that I'm not? I am righteous. I am pure. I am forgiven. I am holy. Yeah, but I don't feel holy. Yeah, but I said you're holy. Yeah, but I messed up last night. Yeah, but you're forgiven. Remember Jesus on the cross? He gave it all. 
think heavenly things. You know, it wasn't just about a month and a half ago that I was going through this, this battle in my thought life. And it was, it was the hardest battle that I've had to date. I can honestly say that for the first time, it was, it was like I was facing spiritual warfare. The thoughts that I was having, the, the, the rabbit trails that I was going down, they weren't just like my own. It was an attack. And I remember, I remember feeling so bombarded and so out of control that, I, that the feeling that I was living, that the feelings that these, these thoughts were producing, they were real. And I just could not get over them. And I just began to think, you know what, I can't. I can't do anything about these thoughts. There's nothing I can do about this feeling. There's nothing that I can do about it. Until one night, I'm watching Monday Night Football. And how many of you know God loves to speak during Monday Night Football? Because football, football is not God. God is in football. Whoop, almost said the wrong thing. He began to speak. And I remember hearing him say, you know, what you're doing, the way that you're thinking is actually sin. And it was sort of one of those sobering moments where I was like, okay. He said, I told you you could control your thoughts. I told you you have power over your thoughts, that you're to renew your mind. So for you to think that you actually can't do it is contrary to my word and what I said you can do. Can I tell you this morning that when God asks you to do something, when he, when he just demands you to do something, he's already gifted you and empowered you to do it. He would not tell you to renew your mind if he didn't give you the power to actually do it. And I knew better. I knew I shouldn't be thinking the way I was thinking. But it took that serious moment where God was just like, the best way I can describe it, and you, you may relate, it just like, he just hit me on the inside. That's a sin for you to think that way. You know better. Start changing your thoughts. And I realized in that moment how important my thought life was to him. I began to change my thoughts. Oh, my gosh, and my world got so much better. Can I say this? It, the devil didn't even stand a chance. It was like the moment that I got that revelation and I realized and I began to speak the word over my life and I began to entertain heaven was the moment that it just became easy. You know, this, this word right here, when it says to set your mind or set your sights on the realities of heaven, another translation says to set your affection to the realities of heaven. You know what that phrase means in the Greek? It actually... It means to exercise your mind. Think about this. In other words, it's moving. Exercise your mind. Reflect the word that I like the best. It means to entertain. Entertain the realities of heaven. Can I ask you these questions today? How many earthly things are you entertaining here? And how many heavenly things are you entertaining here? What if we woke up and our first thought was, God is as good as he says that he is? You want to know why you feel what you feel when you come here? Because you, your thoughts get changed. Because your thoughts, you start to sing about the goodness of God. You start to sing about the bigness of God. You start to sing about his love and his grace and his mercy. What's happened? You're actually renewing your mind 
and you're beginning, beginning to act a certain way and feel a certain way. I got so convicted this week when I realized, man, I don't spend a lot of time entertaining heavenly things. Can I entertain some heavenly things that, oh my gosh, my life is protected, that my kids are protected, that they rest in the shadow of the Almighty, that his wings cover them, that his promises are their armor and their protection, that wherever they go, angels go before them. They pick them up so they don't even dash their foot on a stone, that God's working all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's actually working things out for my good today. And so many times, because life is so real, life is so real and it's so in our face, you know what we do? We actually look and we think from an earthly perspective, an earthly reality. What's real in your life today? Does that thing line up with the reality of heaven? If it doesn't, change your thinking. If it doesn't, Find the hope that you need. If it doesn't, find the faith that you need. See, I'm not saying not to be real. Be real. But can, there's, a, there's another reality that is more real than the one that we're living in right now. This heavenly reality is more real. And I believe with all my heart there was a reason why Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, he said, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. He prayed the will of heaven to earth. He prayed the realities of heaven to earth. He said, I'm not going to accept my earthly situation. I'm going to bring heaven to earth. You want to know how to bring heaven to earth in your situation? You begin to think and entertain heavenly things. You know, me and my wife, we went through a situation about three years ago trying to get pregnant with our second kid. And we, we were, you know, our first one, it just happened so quickly and it was awesome. We decided that we wanted another kid and we started trying and, and, and it just didn't happen. Three months go by, six months go by, a year, a year and a half. And I know some of you out there have probably gone through this a lot longer than we did. But I, I don't care who you are, a year of waiting and believing God is a long time. When you're believing him for a promise and you don't see it, a year is a long time. And I gotta be honest with you, I begin to have these thoughts, <clears throat> these thoughts of why, why this was happening, why we can't get pregnant, why, why this is all going on. And I began to, to think about it the wrong way. And I had this thought, maybe, maybe God doesn't want us to have another kid. Maybe just because of what I'm called to do in, in ministry and life, that maybe we'll just be too busy and one's the way to roll. You know, it'll be a lot easier. We can just do it. Maybe God just doesn't want us to have one. Maybe it's a sign. And I, I remember I went and sat down with my pastor at the time. And I, I said, hey, this is what we're going through. And do you think that God just doesn't want us to have another kid? And when I said it to him, and I actually said out loud what was in my head, can I just say, when I, I said it to him, I was like, I am really dumb. Like, and, and I'll just tell you, if you'll start voicing out loud the thoughts that you have in your, in your head, you'll realize that you're dumb too. No, I'm kidding. You'll realize that, 
not you're dumb, but that your thoughts are dumb. That those thoughts are not real. That those thoughts don't even have any power or merit except the power that we give them. And if you'll just just begin to voice some of the things that you think out loud and just a little more um, coaching here, please do that by yourself and not at the mall or where people can see you because then you won't have any friends and then I'll have to preach another message about that. So, but begin, you begin to say, and when I said it to my pastor, I knew, I don't believe that. And he said, no, I don't think that God's keeping you from having a kid. In fact, scripture says to be fruitful and to multiply. What was the promise? What was the heavenly reality? Fruitfulness and multiplication. I remember in that moment, I sort of crossed the line. And I decided, oh, I'm thinking the wrong way. I'm going to change my thought. Remember the Lord saying this. Will you let your experience change the way you think about God? Or will you let God change the way you think about your experience? So many times in life, we let our experiences define our God. We let our experience define the way we think and feel about him. I want you to know today, God wants it to be exactly the opposite. That God actually wants to change the way you think about your experience. Can I ask you today, where do you need, where do you need a heavenly reality in your life? What situation do you need to change? What thing do you need to overcome? Cody mentioned some during ministry time. Maybe he didn't hit yours, but what, what is yours? What's, are, are you, can I ask you, are you looking at it from an earthly perspective? Are you just accepting it? What have you accepted here that isn't a reality here? What have you accepted in your mind that isn't a reality in heaven? Can I tell you, you can have all of it that's in heaven. God wants you to experience heaven on earth. I've been praying since last night that this service would be an opportunity for you to experience heaven on earth. Why else would Paul tell us to do this? Let's start living our life different. Let's start thinking different. I believe right now, that that situation you've been up against for a long time that you want to change, God's giving you a new angle right now. He's giving you a new thought right now. Faith rise up in these people. Hope be restored. Hear me, he's going to work things out for your good. If you gotta get away today, and you just gotta sit around and just think on that one thought, I'll help you. Just begin to say it out loud. God, you're going to work this out for my good. God, you're going to work this out for my good. God, you're going to work this out. This situation, my situation. For once, it's going to be about me, God. You're going to work it out for my good. Because you love me that much. Because you care about me that much. Cast your care upon the Lord, for he cares about you. You know the beauty of this? is I can take my care to God and I can give it to him and I can walk away. And he'll take care of it. Which means I don't have to spend any more time thinking about that. 
No more worry, no more fear, no more anxiety. No, I left it at the feet of Jesus. Now I'm going to let go so that I can take up all that he has for me. I'm going to let go of fear so I can grab hold of faith. I'm going to let go of pride and grab hold of humility. I'm going to let go of hopelessness and depression. And I'm going to grab hold of freedom. And I'm going to begin to think free. And I'm going begin, to begin to act free. And I'm going to be, begin to feel free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I just begin to think and think and think. And then I begin to act and act and act. I tell you, you begin to think right, you'll act right. This thing that you've been approaching every time with the wrong mindset, oh, now you're thinking right about it. Now you come against it with faith. Now you come against it already a, a victor. Now you come against this thing saying, oh, you're, gonna, you're about to move. You're about to get out of my way. Things are about to change. I'm not talking about some self-help motivational speech here that if you think positive thoughts, the world will make positive things happen. No, I'm talking about the one true and living God who is on your side. I'll close with this. Philippians 4.8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and that are worthy of praise. If you bow your head this morning. God, thank you. We do it right now. We don't wait any, any second longer. We set our sights on the realities of heaven. We bring you our situation. We bring you our care. And I ask you, God, would you give your people a new way of thinking about that thing, that they would approach it differently, that they would not be like Peter who would see things merely from a human point of view, but they would begin to see their thing from your perspective. Think about it that way. I pray for, for strength for their days, strength in the midst of their trials, strength in the midst of their life right now. And God, I pray that heaven, your heavenly reality would invade their earthly situations right now. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.